0: All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy.
1: I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. describe the
0: ruckus, sir? Is this mean we're not friends anymore? I mean, I'm in my i Cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Everyone!
2: First you want to kill me, now you want to kiss me. Blow. Gun. What up, everyone? DJ Nubis
3: and DJ Necco
2: back with you with another episode of the Hordes of Chaos on the Metal Town Radio Podcast, episode ninety-four. How are you, Miss Necco? I'm good. She's sipping up on her wine already. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which. We're going to get to it at another date, another podcast, but for those that don't know, I'm banning Echo from watching any kind of reaction videos because (laughs) she lays, like, full blast on these people, like, people that see stuff for the first time or hear stuff, she's unrelentless. She was like, you fucking cunt, yeah, of course that's what that means. It was really ridiculous. Well the
3: one the one girl was really kind of irritating me because like a lot of these people I I don't know who some of these people are but they, they think that they're, they're vocal coaches. Yeah, they think they're important enough though to have YouTube. You know, I mean that's kind of
2: yeah, like like we're really important, right? It's kind of
3: pandering since we have a podcast, but (laughs) I they're on YouTube, you know, like breaking down Bruce Dickinson's voice, and I'm
2: like, (sighs) okay, but let's think about this because now, grad probably more me than you. We spent twice yesterday watching the Fat Samurai guy uh, do some reviews. Uh, which, um... Well, the one movie I, I, I'd never seen. You never saw Detention, right. Uh, that was actually just a one-off that we did because we were talking about Duff Lundgren the night before, so uh PSG decided that he was going to say, "All yeah, let's all catch in and do Detention sandwich. And I noticed that Prime has a lot of his other movies. Dead Trigger is one of them, too, so I'm not going to spend time with it because apparently that's even worse. But uh it's just fun kind of shooting the shit with these guys and of course last night uh one of my recommendations to PSG was battleship and he took it and ran with it and sent it over to this guy named mr tony of the dead and uh they broke down uh why they liked or didn't like it and of course i was like fanboying because battleship to me is kind of like you know the, the movie airborne that we always watch when it's on the the rollerblades. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's one of those movies that, like, it may not be the greatest in the world in terms of Oscar or acting or anything else, but it's enjoyable enough that I can just, it's like a popcorn movie. Well,
3: that's like us with Airheads. (laughs) Right, exactly. um, what's What's the one, um, Empire Records, any of those like nineties uh
2: for us? Right. And so Battleship is just kinda of one of those films that like, you know, I can take it or leave it, but it just it's enjoyable enough that I can just sit there and go, Oh yeah, okay, we'll check this out. Oh yeah, Battleship, okay. Um so anyway, uh you can find uh, Fat Samurai guy on uh Facebook, obviously. He's got a lot of YouTube vids with he and his wife, uh Lady Flatblood, they do a lot Fat of reaction. Blood. You do a lot of uh reaction videos to trailers and talk about and review uh movies and stuff so a lot of fun there uh also on youtube uh, as i mentioned mr tony of the dead I'm gonna throw out some shouts to these guys and then of course eric uh asian movie enthusiast he's on there as well he was there talking about um detention i think as well earlier on in the day so i know uh customer my guys going to go on today he's doing like this late show that he's done talking about the Marvel and uh star wars stuff that popped up in the trailers recently but we're going to miss that because we're doing this right now but uh yeah so a lot of fun there doing that i enjoy doing all that and talking with them you know i'm on whenever i'm commenting there i'm under the name dog soldier 70 so i love uh, having fun with those guys and talking about shooting the shit with movies and stuff so it's a lot of great stuff there um, update with uh, Metal Tavern Radio. I finally got it going the way I like it right now. We finally found a player that I can use for people to play on the site. So, it's not going to be on the podcast page. It's on my blog, um, which I've been keeping an update with all the podcasts uh, that we do anyway. DJ uh, djanubisreviews.blogspot.com. Uh, I've, I put a post in there last week about how it was coming back, and I just need a, it's got some players you can play on WinApp or Windows Media Player, but I have a little widget on the page when you first go to the blog, and it's there. If it doesn't, it's not supposed to autoplay. so if it doesn't play right when you get on, just pause and play, and it should top, pop on for you right there with no problems. So, yeah. Okay, so we have a lot of good stuff to get to today. Uh, Neko had come up with a few topics that uh, we're going to talk about, which are very interesting things I hadn't even thought about, but uh, certainly worth mentioning. Uh, got one passing to talk about, very important. And, of course, um, stuff regarding uh, Loki, Cobra Kai, and Vikings. Uh, that are all coming back. And Legendary, I'm not done with them, and, and uh, Godzilla vs. The Kong. There's a lot going on there with that as well. As well, we got a lot of new music. Neko's Pick of the Week in a Rock Block. Uh, should be fun there doing that. Which one is it? Oh,
3: oh cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So It's the one that I usually skip over whenever it comes on my uh, iPod, and she's the one like,
3: No! Yeah! I think it's, like, one, my, one of my number one um, drunk songs, like, when we're driving home. I know,
2: man. You were going off last night on the Twisted Sister tune. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but,
3: no, but, like, when we're coming home from, like, uh, shows and stuff I'll oh, yeah. uh, like because we always go to metal shows so to kind of wind down a lot of times we put on 80s rock or something like a little different so that'll be interesting to get into once we get there
2: so on our first block of music today um it's got some new stuff from iron saver and persuader some uh, power metal stuff going on there a little bit of thrash uh, but there's this band called Majestica we're going to kick it off with. And they, the album they did is like an entire Christmas story. It's all about uh, Christmas and almost like uh, Christmas Carol. Because some of the songs were kind of titled after, the, the, you know, the ghost of Christmas past and stuff like that. What so. is? Uh, this album.
3: Oh, 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 oh. The whole, so the whole album is, it's is like is a Christmas? Yeah, oh. Yeah.
2: So uh, this is actually like the main track. off the, It's like the second one after the intro. Uh, It's called A Christmas Story. It's by a band called Majestica. And we'll see you in a few to talk about some other stuff. Here we go.
1: Listening to Metal Tavern Radio.
0: There's
2: no, no All right, we're back.
3: We're back, motherfuckers.
2: Unfortunately, with some sad news to pass along. Bassist Sean Malone, who is known for Cynic, Agora, OSI as far as projects he's played in. I know that Neko and I saw them play with Devin Townsend years ago. Uh, Neko wasn't a big fan of the band so much, but uh, she can sure appreciate that uh, it's a big loss, especially at age 50. I mean, I'm I'm, at his age. I'm still here, and he's not. That's really weird.
3: It probably, like, as we are getting older and we hear about people, And younger when they pass, it just kind of like
2: like you learn your own mortality at that point.
3: Well, it's I fifty for me. You know, my grandmother was fifty when she died. You know, it it can happen clearly, but you don't. You know, you don't. You think you have all this time, and then you know, life just kicks your ass. A girl I went to high school with. She um, she was actually on her bachelorette party and a truck hit the limo that had and she and she died the night of her bachelorette party and she was this is like years ago so she was maybe like 24 when this happened they were uh yeah it was really sad um so that's what I mean. Like, we, you hear about all this stuff, you're like, something tragic. To me, I'm like, oh my god, something really tragic must have happened. Like, he must have gotten cancer, or maybe it was in an accident. It, they didn't really reveal the the cause of death. Yeah, and it
2: hasn't been super long since Ra- Sean Reinhardt, who had played with him in uh, Cynic and also uh, Death. Well, I'm not sure if Malone played in Death at any point, but uh, they played together, uh... Because they both had a love for progressive metal and rock and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, I think they played together in OSI. I think Ryan Hart was part of that project. But, yeah, it's it's a shame that um, so many musicians that I grew up idolizing and liking are all just passing away. And a lot of them just so damn young, man. Like, <laughs> it's weird because, like, you look at some of these rockers from the, uh, the 70s and 60s and fucking keith richards is still walking around like like, how he's a human corpse um so i don't know you know i wonder if at some point like just everything around us like the things we eat drink breathe or whatever makes it worse for us as you know humanity goes on like our life expectancy isn't much better now than it used to be i don't know it's it's really a weird thing watching a lot of these guys just go away and it's like to my knowledge i don't think Sean's like any kind of like partier or drug addict or anything like that i mean it could be something like that but i doubt it uh we know that riley gale from uh you know he passed away recently too so it's like man just too young man
3: it's so sad you know i i really hate that So our our hearts go out to his family and his friends and his you know other co workers and co musicians.
2: Yeah, he was he was really well respected and loved within the metal and rock community, so that's a big loss for him and the fans. So here's one for you, Sean. I'll get a beer later and toast to you brother. Um now on to a little bit more fun news. Uh Neko had come up with the idea. To ponder the question, and we, I don't know, you kind of steal this from Joe Dirt, I guess, maybe. Uh, <laughs> One uh, of my favorite movies. <laughs> right. So, obviously, the ongoing debate for people over the years has been Van Halen versus Van Hagar. Mm-hmm. Are you a Roth fan, or Sammy Hagar fan, or both?
3: Mm, I think I'm a little bit of both.
2: Hi, I am definitely both.
3: You know, I'm a... Uh... I, I don't know. I, I think that each are so different and um I do know that uh some people like absolutely can't stand um David Lee Roth at all. They hate his voice, they think he's like an over the top like caricature of himself and they hate hated everything about it. They hate his songs, hated his hair, hate hate, 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 hate and then you know when he rock so yeah, well, he is Dr. Roxo, so, and I'm okay, see, but see, I'm okay with that. I appreciate what he brings to the table, and then when he left to be, you know, David Lee Roth, the the solo artist he did, it was the David Lee Roth show, and I think that's, that's what he
2: he needs. That's a good point, because I pulled up this, basically this answer of this person I asked that's on, um, Quora.com Q-U-O-R-A I love
3: Quora. It, it, people just always... Just random Yeah, stuff, it's so. random questions and answers. But the guy
2: asked, like, you know, who is better than Van Halen, Roth or Hagar? And one of the points he made was was that once Roth left Van Halen and did his own thing, the, his creativity wasn't as wide as it was for Van Halen with Hagar. Uh, When you think of Eden One Smile and Skyscraper, it was still David just doing David things about David. (laughs) And uh, Hagar, and of course the rest of the guys in Van Halen, their music adapted in a way and changed uh, the the formula. It wasn't so much like uh, the stuff that we were used to seeing with Ross, uh, obviously because Hagar is not the kind of guy to do gymnastics on stage, but... He brought another dimension. And I, I have to admit, when I first heard that Hagar was going to be the singer of Van Halen, I was like, this is just not going to work. <laughs> I just kept telling myself, but I remember, it was ironic, I was driving up with my parents to uh, boarding school,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and they debuted on the radio, uh, Why Can't Be This Below?
3: I like that song a lot.
2: So when I heard it, I'm like, well, this isn't half bad, so now I'm going to have to check this out. But it was kind of funny because... Between that and Dreams, and then like, you know, um, I forget the other two, Best of Both Worlds, uh, once I started listening to the entire record of 5150, I was like pretty blown away about how fucking good it was. Like, I didn't think they could really match what 1984 did, but they did. But you do, I do have to look at it as two separate eras for Van Halen. Um, obviously, I'm not a very big Gary Sharon guy, so that never really worked for me, despite the fact that Gary was a big fan of the band, but for me, it, it's always going to be a little bit of both. I I lean towards rock because they just have more music in their catalog that I like more than I did. Like Later, Haggard didn't really do much for me. There's obviously a few songs here and there, but uh, 5150 and OU812 uh, were really solid records. After that, it was kind of like hit or miss in terms of like the music they were putting out.
3: Oh my god, I am so dumb. Why? OU812.
2: <laughs> you ever, I just. I learned. I learned, like. Um,
3: I am so I'm like, what is this? Uh, well zero le- U.
2: Yeah, zero. Uh, OU812. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And then when I did for Unlawful Connor Knowledge, it's abbreviation as fuck
1: mm-hmm. which
2: i learned later <laughs> mm-hmm. so i don't know the intentions behind all that obviously i don't really to be funny dived into all that research but you know yeah it's interesting um i just i grew up obviously when i first saw jump on mtv i was like well this is really good and of course ironically with the band that song eddie had been holding on to for almost six years like just, like, the the basis of it.
1: hmm
2: And, uh, the band themselves really weren't that crazy about it, but the label was. <laughs> so it turned out to be one of their biggest oh, hits. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's just one of those funny things, you know, when you're a band, you know, and you're in the mainstream, and you're trying to... Please everybody. Well, you're making albums, and then, like, you know, obviously your producer and the label are all coming to you and saying, okay, let's try this. Like, it's funny when you... And this is a kind of off topic, but when Korn was first doing their records with Ross Robinson, the same thing kind of happened. Ross, despite some of the shit that he takes, as you know, he was producing other bands later on, and it just became a thing for him, but he was able to push Korn to do some of the craziest and darkest, especially with Jonathan, like the vocal-wise, mm-hmm. he was able to push him to just bring it out, everything that he was holding in, and it worked. Um, Now with with Van Halen, you know whatever was going on, like in terms of like them not really liking the song Jump all that much, the label just knew that people would buy into it. They just said to themselves, "Dude, you guys don't understand. You may not like this song, but the fucking public's gonna eat it up. They just know their base." So, you know, even going back to some of the older Van Halen tunes, mm-hmm. like ain't talking about love and you know running with the devil. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Uh, just, Roth has much better, stronger records with Van Halen than Hagar does, so he'll always have the edge for me, and he's also probably a much better entertainer, just because he was like a lightning bolt on stage, he was doing all his crazy gymnastics and splits and all other shit. I don't think he's doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, he was still kind of a fit guy when he was, you know, doing it towards the end before Eddie's death, so I don't know, like, you know, he was still kind of... figure. Yeah, he's still a dick, obviously. Um, so that never changed. Uh, but then, you know, I, I heard, like, a rumor, and I'd have to recheck on it, but I had heard, and this is before Eddie passed, that they wanted to do, like, Roth and Hagar. They'll go on tour with Van Halen and do, like, all their hits together. Like, it would really be kind of weird, but... Especially now, with Eddie gone, but... I don't know. It might sound like they're cashing in or some shit. So anyway, what is where's is you where's your stance at with all this?
3: I was kind of like thinking with, and I kind of started like I I just appreciate both of them, and I I do think though that when um I think David Lee Roth and Eddie. Together, it was just like too much for Van Halen. Do you do you know what I mean? And because it he need David Lee Roth needs to be the David Lee Roth show. But I don't know. I like them both, pretty yeah, pretty, pretty equally.
2: This guy says, you know, Roth's personality and style is a manifesto of the eighties excess. Unfortunately his persona never evolved and he ends up becoming an old bad caricature of, That's you know, like, yeah,
3: that's what I was saying. People say that all the time. Like
2: that he never let go of all that stuff, whereas Sammy when he was with Van Halen, they were able to adapt mm-hmm. and you know, change I mean, a listen bit. to the
3: stuff from the early nineties, um versus the stuff that they did in the early eighties, mm-hmm. like with Hagar and Think about sammy hagar's music from the 70s that he did himself too you know you know what i mean it's it's important to yes get a style and and kind of evolve with your style but it's also you know i think david lee roth that guy like kind of hits the nail on the head david lee roth was like over-the-top 80s, you know, everybody has kind
2: of... But see, he makes another nice point here. He goes, uh, the semi error material, not as much. And the reason he's saying, basically, as time has gone on, the Hagar material really hasn't aged all that well, whereas we're still finding... Uh, nostalgia with all the old Roth stuff. Like when you hear on radio, what do they play the most? They play Jump. Well, Roth stuff, mm-hmm. like everything you remember with Roth. You don't hear like "Why Can't This Be Love" or "Summer Nights." Uh, those don't really get played that much. I think I hear "When It's Love" occasionally, but usually I probably my own iPod when that plays. But he uh, makes another last. Comment which I don't remember any hearing about this. Maybe he says, I often wonder what Michael Hutchins from NXS could have done with that role. I don't know, was he ever up for possible replacement?
3: I didn't know that either. Maybe that guy is just like daydreaming in his head. (laughs) Maybe
2: (laughs) he didn't really, yeah, he didn't really expand on it in any ways. So I don't know where he got that. Um, unless he thought maybe Michael was an option when they got Hagar, I'm not sure, but. That would have been a little weird, I think. I think Michael is best suited for the more pop-oriented stuff. Rather, Hagar was like a rocker guy who could fit Mm -hmm. into what they were doing. Uh, okay, so... So... So no winner between us. We're both...
3: We're both kind of split. Like, I I was looking at the top band Hagar songs, mm -hmm. and I, I, like, you were saying Dreams, um... Right Now, um why can't this be love finish what you started uh best of both worlds pound cake uh love walks in um top of the world when it's love right
2: here right now is probably in there
3: cobble wobble
2: um yeah those those first two records of hagar really really brilliant um even the title track, 5150, is, like, one of my favorite tracks from that record, which is surprising. Um, I remember I was waiting to come home from that boarding school, like, just playing that album, and then I was, like, listening to that song, like, nonstop. Oh, really? Yeah. Just laying, and, like, playing 5150, I'm like, this is so great. Solo's great. The drumming's great.
3: <sighs> so I, I am, I'm I'm going to say I cannot make a decision <laughs> I am split.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's. I know Joe Dirt's like a, a character, but, it, you know, it'd be interesting for someone. I've seen people online who say, yeah, I'm not a Van Hagar guy, so I'm curious what their mentality is and why. But we don't have anyone here that can challenge that, so. Maybe down the road, uh, we'll find somebody that we're interviewing. We can pop that question if they're a Van Halen fan. That's
3: going to be a standard question. Now, Van Halen Van Halen or Van Van Hale. All
2: right. We're going to get back to some music. Uh, I do have some stuff from uh, MDRP in here. Uh, Metal Devastation Radio, obviously. Uh, Also got some new Advent Equation, and we're going to take off some new soil work. This is called Desperado. Ooh, soil work. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Fighting for what do you see?
2: So much of that is true, because mm-hmm, we have second part of season six, the final ten episodes coming to the History Channel and Prime, so I'm going to be all ready for that shit. All over.
3: I'm really happy for you.
2: <laughs> Neko bowed out after Ragnar died, which I think many people did for the most part, because they didn't know.
3: Well, no, I watch. What? Okay. Okay that
2: one woman. And he, he Well, yeah, because he was still somewhat married to Lagatha, and then, um, he found that Sprite fucking chick.
3: Weirdo. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, and of course she bore Ivar.
3: Uh-huh.
2: uh uh-huh. Um, and of course a couple others, the brothers in there. And Bjorn, of course, was Lagatha's son. So, he... Ragnar got around, no doubt about it. Um Okay, so...
3: Homeboy did get around a fucking lot, man.
2: <laughs> All those trips over to Europe. Um So, yeah, when Ragnar finally passed, I think this was season four. Right after season four. So season five was, like, post-Ragnar. Uh-huh. And, <clears throat> of course, there's the reshuffling now of the power you know lagatha at the time was in charge of uh cadigate and beyond i think he'd sort of kind of gone this like whole like search soul searching thing that he was doing uh exploring new worlds um floki had gone up which i've kind of forgotten about him i mean he's still around but i
3: thought floki died
2: he might have.
3: Yeah, I thought Floki died.
2: No. Yeah. No. i
3: going on the Google machine. Cause it...
2: He's up in Norway. Or uh, or excuse me, um, Greenland. And he was trying to yeah create an encampment up there.
3: Yeah, got, uh, uh, only to be killed off from the show at the end of season five.
2: I have to go back and look at that. Yeah, I must have forgotten how he died.
3: Floki caused an avalanche by accident, which caused his death. Uh, so well, I, I've watched here and there. I, right. I, you know, like I just I remember watching Floki die and getting mad. I think and like everything, it's kind of like you when you're like you're watching a new show and then I know you like we left lost early on because we we're just getting sick and tired of people. Dying. All the time I are
2: mean, Sons of Anarchy? Mm-hmm. Um, you all just
3: that. you were watching for we had was it we were having like a blizzard or something like two years ago or a lot of snow and you were watching the Vampire Diaries on um, Netflix.
2: Not that one, but it was tied into it was, it was the, one of the them. originals. Was so those.
3: you're you were just like watching it and then you're like, what the fuck? They just killed off my favorite character. I'm not watching this shit anymore. And he does it all the time. He'll, I can't
2: help it. Like you you grow attached to these. characters characters and I'm like, I understand some of them go bye bye. But I'm like, dude, that's one of the most interesting characters you've got. Uh, And so then they killed her off. And I'm like, well what the fuck? Now yeah now, now the problem with Floki is isn't like I really liked that character, but they had they didn't have any direction for him. They had so much going on after Ragnar passed. And
3: I think that's what happened is like I you're right, they just, they had so many side stories, and like, yeah, when Ragnar they, was alive, the story was about Ragnar, and then after he died, it's like, okay, let's see what's going on. I with- mean, the
2: summer thing happened to Rollo. like, mm-hmm. he, he was married in France, and Bjorn and you know, the crew came through, they were gonna go raid up north or some shit. He's like, oh, well, I wanna join you for this. Of course, wifey got mad. Uh, because he was still showing his pagan ways. So he went up there, did a little bit of looting, whatever, came back, wife was still mad, kids are mad. Everybody's so, mad. But then they dropped, like, that whole scenario with him. Like, what happened after that was done. Like, they didn't even go back to it. Like, you don't even know what the fuck happened with Rolo after that. <laughs> so, again, that's like you say, There is another side story that they just had to, like, cut off because there's nowhere to go with it. Because,
3: you know, the, the whole show was just about Ragnar. At first.
2: But this is where season six sort of correct us out. Season five was like the whole, like, let's feel around, see what we can do. And then they, of course, Floki and Rollo, that all just went to the wayside. I know. Six was really good because the first half of six, anyway, was good because uh, we had some conclusion with uh, Lagatha um, being killed by one of her sons. Uh, Lagatha
3: got killed? I missed that.
2: Yeah, she died. But they did a really cool thing they had her sort of resting next to it's like a vision or uh, whatever but she's like next to Ragnar in the ground and whatnot and supposed to represent Valhalla for her and all that um but they they really did a nice job with it because it was like a period of time she was just her body was breaking down she couldn't fight as well as she could and then Unfortunately, she was unable to protect one of Yohan's sons, who ended up getting killed by a raid party.
3: Oh my gosh.
2: Yeah, so it's... And of course, yeah, it, and... I don't think his wife was there. The, the gold the blonde chick, but... Um, yeah, it was very hard for them. Um. So, okay, yeah, so Lagatha ends up passing because she, she survived so much shit and then comes back to Kattegat and gets basically blindsided by I can't remember the son's name, but he's the one that just went off the hooks crazy because he was so terrified of Ivar. Uh, ends up stabbing her with a sword, of course, and then she passes. Uh, then they had um, Bjorn come back to Kattegat, and of course initially they were going to really fuck up the son, uh, the one that killed her. They were going to like Torch his ass and then give him a blood eagle, but they decided to let him cut him loose. Uh, I think he ended up rejoining up with Ivar, because there's a battle at the end of season six, the first part, and uh, at first... It was going to be one of those moments where I was going to be really pissed. Because, <laughs> uh... I, but luckily I've been reading up on it, so I kind of know what's going to be happening, but, uh... You're i like,
3: I, don't do it, man! Don't well,
2: do it! The last scene in this battle, was King Harold dies, he gets his ass kicked. Uh, he's just one of those guys that was kind of like a... He was a main character, but he, can't, he was one of those dudes you just didn't want to root for. He was a big asshole. uh. So Bjorn and King Harrow were fighting together. Ivar and his brother. And I think Uber was with the other brother who was fighting with Bjorn. But, uh... So it comes down to uh, a fight on the beach. Bjorn's fighting his way. They're having a really hard time because the army that Ivar is with is like a very strong one that they joined up with somewhere. I can't remember who they were. Persians or some shit. Uh... And then Bjorn turns around, and then Ivar sticks a sword in him. And then Bjorn falls to the sand. And, of course, there's this this flip scene. It's like, at first he's surrounded by people still fighting. Then Mm -mm. also he's by himself, sitting next to Ivar on the beach, looking at the water. And he's like, I'm going to beat you. And Ivar's like, brother, that God's abandoned you a long time ago. You will not win uh so part of me at that time said to myself okay so all this kind of like vision stuff i'm thinking it's either a mirage or it's not real or bjorn's really dead and i'm gonna be really pissed off <gasps> <laughs> i really love the the i forget the actor's name he's so good um but he plays that part so well i've been rooting for bjorn for the last two or three seasons to be a main part and he's been a great character. Uh, Now, going into the second half of season six was getting released. They say that Bjorn does survive and that Ivar is going to be really pissed.
3: (laughs) Oh, my God.
2: But, uh, yeah, the guy that plays Ivar, too, is very, very good at that role as well. He's done a great job over the years with that. So, season five was like that really crazy fucked up world uh, season where it just I don't think they really knew what they were going to do with their Ragnar pass. That's
3: the problem and that's that's why I, I think I got out of that, it. It's right. like I'd watch it and I'm like who is this? Where is this? Why are they here? Why What happened? Blah blah blah. Like it was hard for me to like it was like that season had ADD.
2: Alexander Ludwig that's the one who plays uh, Bjorn. I love him. Yeah, he's really good. He actually, for those that don't know, uh, Neko and I saw a movie like three or four years ago. It's called The Final Girls, and it was like a, um, kind of like a parody of horror movies, and Alexander's in that. Um, I have to go back and watch it again. It's been a while, but uh, it was a really fun movie. It was The girl from Watchmen was in that. I figured her name, but... Uh it was really a fun movie he's a really good actor that you know I've seen him in various things here and there, but mm-hmm. he's he's kind of found his role with this particular thing. I thought at one point they were gonna do some spin offs from Vikings
3: well, see that's what they should do, or they should do like i don't i like how American horror story does like i don't wanna say like a different story every season, but maybe one season is about Bjorn and then another season is about and they cross they can cross-pollinate into each other's seasons, but you I think when they were trying to do so many mini side stories, it just it just kind of like, you know. Yeah, I
2: think it all just depends on the actors and actresses and whether or not they want to dedicate the time cuz you know, it's funny thing when you know, Travis Fimmel, who played Ragnar, when they first started doing this series, like, years ago, like, they probably never imagined how it would take off. Like, mm-hmm. it, this was a history channel. It was all based off real-life events. Uh, but the way that history channel put it together was really great because even though it wasn't, like, massively gory or you didn't really hear curse words and stuff, it was just really well put together. Yeah, it felt
3: really, like, authentic.
2: Right. So, it was just, yeah, a lot of great actors, um... You know, a lot of people fell in love with the show, and I just think at this point, it just depends on whether or not they can get people to sign on for a certain period of time. And obviously, with series, it's always like a year-to-year thing because sometimes you can do one series and then be done for the, you know, because of cancellation or whatever. But uh, I'm looking forward to the last ten episodes. It's it's definitely gonna be the last season for them, so I'm gonna close it out with a bang. Uh, I have no idea how it's was going to turn out. I, I'm not even sure how much of this right now is all part of the real life events. I'm I'm assuming it is, but I'm.
3: Well, I know at the beginning.
2: It, it, I know all the Ragnar stuff is. I know that's all. Well, the basically. thing is,
3: that, is Ragnar is Ragnar is never really. It's hard to describe. So w- there is a high probability that Ragnar actually existed. But everything about Ragnar... It's like a legend. Yeah. Right? But everything about Ragnar has been, like, stories handed down and, like, from his children and this and that. So it's always kind of like when they um, talk about Ragnar, it's kind of like, like, the evidence of his existence is not, like, found, if you know what I mean. It's just, like, stories. But, like, his kids, who say they're his children, there is, like, I guess, actual evidence that they were born, but they're using Ragnar as their father. I don't know. Maybe I'm just... I'm not articulating what I'm trying to say. Um, I don't know. Never
2: mind. She lost her train of thought. No, I didn't
3: lose my train of thought. What I'm trying to say is... I know it was a long time ago, but there is actual evidence, either written down or records, of his there's, children and his right. wives and stuff. But there's no evidence that Ragnar actually...
2: Yeah, it's one of those weird things, because there is evidence of Rolo. Mm-hmm. Um, there's evidence of Ivar the Boneless, um, Bjorn Ironside. Uh, but when it comes to Ragnar himself, the the, the information is really... It's, it's just
3: word of mouth, right. and they're like, Ragnar, Ragnar was your grandfather, like, that's kind of how it, it's been passed down, so, like, was Ragnar real, was he Correct. fake, you know, did he have all these bitches and hoes that he had, like, <laughs> that's what I, you know, I, I find, that's what made it very interesting to me. I guess. And it's
2: understandable why like after Ragnar passed, and season 5 was kind of like a clusterfuck that you would lose interest because they didn't really know what the fuck they were doing. Mm -hmm. The whole like Floki going to, you know, New Land to start over or whatever. It just you had some interesting characters that were, they were trying to split up. Maybe that was what they were thinking about doing in terms of doing these separate spinoffs, but like you can only do so much. And I think it was just a matter of people were gonna stay interested in it and that season five was really rough in that term. So when season six kicked off it kinda of got everything back on track and really focused in on uh, Ivar and uh Bjorn and all of them so and Lagatha of course so that that was really where it was all at. Mhm. <clears throat> all right, well in other news we talked about episode two or go we about the Godzilla versus Kong. Mm-hmm. And of course, Warner Brother Media—they want to put all their movies, including Dune, uh, stuff like that, on HBO Max. Now, apparently, from what I understand, I'm doing both HBO Max and theaters, but. Uh, Legendary, who of course you know, is in charge of Dune and Godzilla vs Kong, is not very happy with Warner Bros. for doing it because for one, they didn't tell them they were going to do that with HBO Max. Uh, so right now, they are actually suing or at least challenging Warner Brothers on their release of on HBO Max. So I don't know how it's all going to play out, but I think I think one of the things the problems for Legendary is they you know when they did King of the Monsters. They did make money on it, but it wasn't the type of money where they may need to gain. So it's kind of weird how it works. I can't explain it because I don't know anything about how the numbers work in movies. You know, uh, it cost like $200 million to make Godzilla 2014, but they hit like $500 million or whatever it was. King of Monsters was like $250 million and they only made like three twenty five, I think. Uh, to me, it's still a success because I love the fuck out of that movie. Mm-hmm uh now i'm not sure what the budget was for godzilla and kong but i'm assuming that legendary wants to make money on this because they don't even though the fans are going to go out there and flock to it they don't want to short in themselves where they lose money Mm -hmm. on this so and that's the same thing with dune dune looks like it's gonna be fucking fantastic and i just don't know how much damage i mean i know times are rough right now with covid but uh, I think you're going to have to still, like, Wonder Woman 84 is going to HBO Max, so that's another one. that, But that's DC. But either way, you know, they, they, I'm not sure if Legendary wants to lose money on Godzilla and Kong. I think that's one reason why they kind of want to hang it up, because they don't want, especially when Wonder Brothers just decides they're going to do something on their own, like, without even telling them, like, oh yeah, we're releasing your movies on HBO Max. I'm like, What? 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 Excuse
3: what? me? What? Right. I, I think sometimes like, they, uh, they're, it's kind of like better than nothing. They're like, this is better than nothing. Well, I mean, are you going to make back the money that you put into this? How much is it going to cost you in losses? And, you know, um, with COVID, we don't even know the success of the movie industry, how it's going to be like going forward. Do, do you know what I mean? Well, like
2: They say right here that, okay, Legendary reportedly had Netflix ready to pull the film from Warner Bros. for around $250 million before Warner Media blocked it. Now, in some cases, I understand why Warner Brothers wouldn't want it to go to Netflix. It's their shit. They don't want mm-hmm. someone else okay. debuting shit. Even though Netflix was offering good money. Uh,. Sources said Legendary had no advance notice before last week's announcement that both Dune and Godzilla vs. Kong were part of the HBO Max plan. Oh my gosh. Legendary certainly seems to have the right to challenge WarnerMedia on its decision. Legendary and its partners provided 75% of the $165 million or so net budget of Dune. Same thing with Kong. Uh, so that's, that's part of the issue, like I was talking about. It's a money thing because they have a, a major stake in how much money they put into these projects. And like... If you put it on streaming, it's going to suck away a lot of that movie theater uh product that you got going on out there. So, I think that's one of the big deals here because, like, maybe uh, Israel Max isn't offering as much as Netflix or vice versa. I can't remember what the uh, I thought I think Israel Max only paid like 200 million or something, but either way, uh. It seems like a be a big deal between what's going on with the money aspect of all this because they just don't want to take a loss you know that's the problem and i understand that part of it you know so it just seems like kind of hbo max is kind of undercutting legendary here by you know blocking them from netflix and then also say yeah yeah we're gonna stream your shit (laughs) because probably hbo max and warner brothers probably makes more money on the stream than they do on the uh the movie part of these uh, that's probably why they want to do that that's what probably, do
3: you mean
2: Well, they probably make a pretty nice hand chunk of change uh streaming on their own app mm-hmm. uh, which is why they wouldn't want Netflix to have it and then you know if they're streaming on their app, they get the revenue, which I doubt legendary does legendary would probably get it through the theaters for Dune and all that so I think that's where a lot so of so do you hang. think
3: that uh Warner Brothers is going to pay legendary?
2: Well, they're going to pay them something, but I think the concern, again, is you're you're forking out, like, a majority of the money and all the partners that you're involved with for these the money up front to, to produce this shit, mm-hmm. and then you've got Warner Brothers coming in and saying, well, we're just going to stream it, which is a far cheaper revenue. Uh, you talked about how Verizon offers HBO Max on your phone for free or something like that. That's not good if you're trying to make money, like, like, we don't even watch it on our phones, but that, they don't even have an app for Roku, so it's like, even if I wanted to subscribe, like...
3: I think you can only get it on certain, um...
2: Right. Streaming That's why things. Netflix was actually a much better offer, because Netflix is actually offering to pay him $250 million up front. So you're getting a lot of that change back that you forked out for producing this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh... And I don't think they're gonna get near as that with HBO Max because Warner Brothers sort of partner is already kind of half owning this shit. So <laughs> I don't. I, it's it's gonna probably get a little nasty. I mean, we may not even see Dune or Godzilla for at least another few months, uh, depending on how that goes.
3: And then how are we gonna see it?
2: Right, like they say it's it's supposed to do both streaming and theaters. And I'm like, well, I'd rather just go to the theater if I'm gonna watch this. Plus, I don't have HBO Max. I don't watch it. So I'd rather just go to the theater with you, uh, you know, even if I had to rent the whole fucking thing for myself, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, it just it's really it's I'm kind of, I'm glad that Legendary is kind of blocking this because I I know they want to get their own money, but uh, at the same time I I want them I want to see it on the big screen. I don't want it to be like fucked up in a way that we won't be able to get that. Hmm. So. All right. So on our next block of music, uh, new stuff from Everlasting Spew Records from um, Black Hole Deity and then depravity, new stuff from them. But Neko's shirt's sure gonna be the band that we're kicking off with some brand new stuff. Cycroptic, the watcher of all. I
3: don't know. Did you buy this? I did. When were I was gone.
2: You were gone. I was.
3: I was. I was on a job. So yeah. Yep. Yep.
2: Here we go. I don't know if I told you. I
3: oh, don't know.
2: So, like, mm-hmm. once we're done with this, we've got mm-hmm. Joe Bob to watch. He's mm-hmm. doing a Christmas special tonight. Mm. So, for all of you who watch Shudder and know about Joe Bob Briggs, Last Drive-In, Neko and I are fans, of course.
3: We love it. I love
2: uh, that. I love the uh, iguana. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, iguana has, a like, a... He's a character, man. He actually does weird things.
3: He put a little cowboy hat. I mean, He'll have a Santa hat on tonight.
2: And he, he drinks his Lone Star beer. Uh, Darcy, the male girl. Beautiful as always. Uh, her little get-ups that she does. But, uh, her little get-ups. Yeah. Uh, she was posting, like, pictures of her in a Santa outfit and sitting on Santa's lap. You know, that's something girls do all the time.
3: I haven't sat on Santa's lap in a really long time, actually, so just...
2: I need to, because I need to remind Santa that we are good people. <laughs> we need all the good things in life.
3: Well, you know, life, you know... Life sometimes feeds you a shit sandwich, and you have... <laughs> you just
2: gotta suck it up!
3: <laughs> you have to eat it and digest it, and you know...
2: feed to somebody else! And, and then
3: <laughs> just how you deal with your shit sandwich... are you just gonna eat it and you know
2: that's what we say now we go into our rock block. we're gonna (laughs) force feed a shit sandwich of rock to you and you're gonna like it
1: oh my god
2: alright so uh some Grand Fox from Angels PR in here Lip Shock from Grand Sounds Promotion some New Strong from Aweget and Amorphous Andronus Adronus? Adronus yes I can pronounce that Adrogynous Adrogenous. thank you
3: Jesus Christ!
2: <laughs> I am the man who butchers the he, the English language so easily. Uh-huh. Fuck me. Oh uh, my
3: god. Add, just add your job. <laughs> ja, duh.
2: I, mean, I wanted to make it sound all sci-fi. Um, okay. Okay, so there's also brand new stuff from lycantropy. Lichantropy. What's, what's wrong with me today? Uh, I told uh, Neko about this the other day. It's, they're heavy influenced by Fleetwood Mac. So, uh, good stuff. The new record. I just already shit on vinyl because it's so good. And I love it.
1: I'm all good.
2: And, of course, Neko's Pick of the Week, which we'll get to. And then I get to cry because it's not one of my favorite songs from that artist. But, you know, it's not a bad song. It's just... So overplayed.
3: Well, it's like I said, it's my drunk song. It's my. I,
2: when you're drunk, anything becomes your drunk song. Yeah, my
3: twisted sister last night, I was like. Dun,
2: dun, 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 dun. Out, yeah. Africa. Africa.
3: Yeah. It's gonna take a lot to drag me away from you. Yeah, we don't need no
2: karaoke with me, okay? We're not going down. I
3: miss karaoke. Okay. Okay. Karaoke. Okay. Remember when Sarah had that karaoke party and, but it was kind of cool because it was like oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: It, it was in a room you know right. you rent out the room and they
2: it reminds me of um,
3: I mean that's how they do it in um, Japan. Japan
2: but like what, what's the movie uh, from so- Sofia Coppola with uh, Scarlett
3: I don't know and,
2: and Bill Murray
3: oh Lost in Translation yes
2: they were doing that Thank you. Scarjo. Scarjo, my babe. All right. Well, we're going to kick it off here. So I'm uh, e-wig It with 23. It's very cool stuff. Check it out. Do you have the need for speed? Well, if you're a racing fan and want to be a part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champ and flat cart season. You can be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L. race to the finish line in Mardella Speedway at Head Arena in Dillsburg, PA, March 13-15, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunter's Speedway and Capitol City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Farm Local Racing, and they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at Champ. Carmichael Racing Together you can soar as the engines
0: roll I can't believe this is happening Help me find the meaning of life and now that it's stealing it Listen to me Listen to me and open your eyes No understand do
2: Hangman from Angels PR. Thank you much for that track. I really like that. Yeah. Got a little blues in there. All right, so we're here. We're here. Neko. So. With your pick. We're here. <laughs> I've said the words. I've
3: said the words. My pick of the week. Well, we've alluded to this is a fun. It was an 80s song, right? Mm-hmm. Or was it 90s? I'm trying to think. Late
2: 80s. Yeah. Probably like 88 or 89, I think.
3: It's always been a favorite of mine. It's a...
2: Now, the interesting thing about this song... Uh-oh. ...is the video always stuck with me. Uh, it featured, obviously, the singer.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, featured Sam Kennison hmm And Rodney Dangerfield.
3: Oh, wow!
2: And... Uh, <laughs> the three of them are inside this like, little cafe chatting it up and now granted detail details are kind of missing here just because i haven't seen him for so long but uh Karrison decides he's gonna leave he's got some shit to do because he's kind of like the guy that's kicking off the whole video anyway like he starts riling up the crowd outside of the concert hall
3: for uh for
2: for this band, okay, okay, and so he's leaving, and he says goodbye to the singer and then says goodbye to Rodney, no oh, shit, and then uh the singer he sits there and he's drinking his beer, and he's like, Yeah, I think I'll just sit here and hang out with Rodney, good old pal <laughs> and then Rodney he does, so so odd goes, well, yeah, he says his name, says well." I'm, glad you decided to stay on. He started raising his eyebrow like he was like some sort of gay moment. <laughs> and the singer's, like, the singer's like, Sam! Sam, wait up, man! Sam, wait I'm coming with you! So, He's like,
3: I'm not gay! Right,
2: so it was just one of those weird things about that uh, video, but uh, two comic icons of Rodney Dangerfield and Sam Kinison both are gone, unfortunately, but uh, a lot of fun there. So, I'll so, let you go ahead and take over.
3: After, uh, A lot of times after shows, I start stealing Anubis' playlist and start controlling the radio, and and I'll, or I'll, like, just get my phone and and Bluetooth it with YouTube videos of everything I want to watch, and he's like, and then, but the worst part is, I don't sit and listen to the song all the way through, I'll listen, and then I'll be like, oh, I want to listen to another song! Oh,
2: she is fucking, I just want to, like, push her out the fucking car, (laughs) like... (laughs) It's like she'll find one. I'm like, okay, great. Let's listen to it. Five minutes in, or not even five minutes in, like, like thirty seconds se- yeah. in. It's like, yep, switch. I want to hear this. No, god damn it.
3: <laughs> so this song for me is like a hype song, and I really love it. <laughs> but <clears throat> as, as Anubis was saying, he's like, it's I. He's like, it's his least favorite. But there's so many songs by Bon Jovi that like you know I didn't I'm not picking living on a prayer I'm not picking shot to the heart
2: well see the funny thing is like for me it's not that any of Bon Jovi's you know out of the four first four like Slippery When Wet and of course New Jersey uh, which this comes off of they're not bad records but I just find that with his catalog of stuff, I always find myself going back to the first two, um, what was it, 7,800 Degrees Fahrenheit, and of course the self-titled first one. But, uh, you know, with it, it, well, Slippery went here, it just blew up Bon Jovi, like, hugely. And, you know, of course they followed it up with New Jersey, and it was still a big deal. And then from that point I think Bon Jovi kind of started going into more of a mainstream rock with like you know when they were doing the Young Guns soundtrack mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So they were kind of changing musical direction a little bit. But uh yeah, it's not that the song's bad. It's just it's one of those things that like, kind of like Guns N' Roses gets overplayed a lot. Um, at least the one you chose last week with Guns N' Roses wasn't one you hear a lot. So
3: I love that song though. Just my, like I love this song, <laughs> it's uh, "Bad Medicine" by Bon Jovi.
2: Enjoy, folks. And
3: I'll be doing my karaoke.
2: Not on here, you want.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, he's gonna turn off the microphone, but I'm gonna be doing it like
2: in spirit. Yeah, she was doing that last night, but at least that song was much better.
3: <gasps> do I have any Twisted Sister on my picks of the week, or have no, I? have already we're, done. We're gonna
2: add that because you said you wanted that. Do,
3: I'd done quite a bit of Twisted Sister last
2: night. All right. Well, here we go. Bon Jovi, Bad Medicine, Netco Pick of the Week.
1: What Attention,
3: please. Be prepared for a musical transformation
1: that you've never felt before. In a moment, we will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow. ...and we will break new ground. We're here, from the land below the wind.
0: Ten, nine, eight, seven, six,
1: five, four, three, two, one, zero. And Will you jump? All come.
3: DJ Necko's pick of the week. <laughs> This is Sky Nielsen Promotions. I offer the most affordable, effective, independent metal promotions one can find. If you've got a metal band, project, or art that you want promoted, simply search for Sky Nielsen Promotions. And you're listening to Hordes of Chaos on Metal Tavern Radio. She's in love with
2: herself. Alright! <laughs> TJ Nubis! And DJ Nico! Back with you on Radio podcast. Neko, 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 Neko,
3: Neko, Neko.
2: She's using her Neko location. Got it? Get it? She got it. (laughs) Shit. Flip my bacon.
3: (laughs) That was one of our first, like, inside jokes, was (laughs) flipping the bacon. Because I, I get scared when bacon is frying, because it, no, like... No, that wasn't it. It wasn't?
2: No. Well, we, oh, well... You were at the beach, your, your parents' beach house, and you had uh, Mike and the other guy over there, and maybe Sarah, I can't remember, mm-hmm. and you were eating ice cream in the morning, but then, like, the other guy was helping you cook, and that was, cooking yeah. your bacon, and you went, oh... I don't know, maybe he was telling me on the phone or something, He's like, I'm flipping the bacon. I'm like, flipping your wife's bacon. I'm like, what? Flipping my wife's bacon? <laughs> but that's
3: what I'm saying. I hate flipping the bacon. So I was cooking bacon and I hate when it pops. So I was asking, I was asking, what was his name?
2: He was Mike's friend. It, he was remember. a nice
3: guy, too. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm flipping your girlfriend's bacon. And you're like, excuse me? Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> so, like, flipping... They,
2: they didn't, like, ask you if that made make me mad or some shit. I'm like, no. no.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and we had just... Remember, we had only been dating, like, a month. I We knew... We must have known that we were, like, meant to be together. Because we got on a cell phone plan almost immediately together. Because... I was uh, running up this is before unlimited text messages children.
2: Oh my god, yeah. And
3: you only got like thirty a month and then they were like fifteen cents apiece and I had a bill one month and at the time, um, I was still on my parents' family plan, but then T Mobile no this wasn't even a family plan, it was just my, my parents' cell phone plan. Um and I would I would just give my parents money every month. Same thing with the insurance. I would just like Give them money because it was we were all on like a an umbrella kind of thing, but then you and I went and got cell phones from T-Mobile because it had that that friends and family thing. They were the first ones to start it, so all of our calls to each other and all of our text messages to each other were free. And um, this is back in two thousand two. God, whew. it's been forever. I know. So we got that cell phone plan, and it was also before like. Everything was included. Like, he lived in a different county than I did, and it was considered long distance, and my parents got, well, not my parents, my father got mad because it was now long distance to call me on my cell phone because I switched to a different, yeah. but now it's not, because everybody, everything's included. Right. But- Eventually,
2: you have to reevaluate things, like we, we did, like in course yeah. I mean it was like it was
3: like a four hundred dollar cell phone bill well
2: t-Mobile too, like at the time they were only kind of like located mostly where we were in Crofton. and, and then right, when so. we moved,
3: we couldn't get any signals, so we switched back to a t and yeah. t but we were on our own plan, and ever since then we've i mean I was on a t and t and he was on uh t-Mobile and then I joined his t-Mobile plan but on top of that that back to my where my point is as I derailed. That was we 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 had gotten cell phones together, and that was like we started dating June twenty eighth, and or was it the twenty ninth? Who the fuck knows? 28th. We, we we it was both days because I kept his ass out till five in the morning. So we'll say twenty eighth and the twenty ninth. And this was the first week in August, and that was kind of always like the week that I um. I went with my friends. I would always... My parents always let me in. Yeah, it was,
2: like, summer.
3: And and so, you and I went... You didn't have any vacation time.
2: No.
3: So, you and I went down Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You took my car. Hmm. My car was not... It was only, like, two years old. Not even. I got it in 2001. So, you took my car. I've known you... Not even two Half months. A second. Yeah, we were already, you know, on each other's cell phone plans. Um,
2: yeah, because they were going to give you a ride back.
3: Mm-hmm. No, because you came back the following weekend. Oh, that's right. So that's right. I, I, you, you and I went Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You left Sunday. My friends came up Sunday night, and then um, I'm like, you know, there's the bus down here. They all have cars. We're just walking up to the beach, whatever. And at the time, a lot of them were underage. Yeah, I remember, I was only 21 at the time, so that means Sarah was, like, 20 or 19. A lot of our drinking happened at the condo. And, um, so, we all hung out Monday through Friday, my friends and I, and, God, then that means Adrian was, like, four years younger. So, you know what I mean. We were all really, really young. You came back on Friday with my car... And we all hung out again, you know, we went out to dinner, we went and got crabs and stuff, but pretty soon after that we also jumped into another big commitment. Our first bed purchase.
2: Which I had at my and place. It lived
3: at <laughs> his house. But
2: she was staying over a lot as it was. Mm-hmm. So.
3: And my um in my house I had a day bed. And I was I when I got the day bed. You know a couple of years before that I probably five or six years before that I was I always wanted a day bed and I got it and um, my sister she actually because we both before we shared a room and then we both got our own rooms when my parents had the new house built and so she got a bigger bed because the rooms and all were bigger well, I kept the day bed because I wanted more room for activities but I like ever since I was a little kid, I always wanted a day bed and I finally got one. This is twin-sized daybed, and we're two adult people, and for the longest time, he would squeeze his big ass in the twin size bed with me, and the, I, I was always wondering why he would sleep in bed with me. I was like, why don't you ever use the trundle? And he's like, what's a trundle? And underneath the daybed is another bed. That's how my sister and I, you know, we shared a room. And he's like, there's been another bed in here this entire time.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, shit. Then, hey, we, like, then we broke the trundle. Last
2: from the past.
3: Remember <laughs> when we broke the trundle? Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Um, so you had another idea that you wanted to talk I'm about fucking or fucking filled topic. with ideas. It's only kind I have. It's the only kind I have. I don't know what made you think of this either, because like, well, it because of the, um, Kiss disco song. Yeah, so I was made for love. I
3: was made for loving you, baby. So I, we were again. I was having a night playing on YouTube, watching, and I was. He was down in his where we are now. We're in in the metal layer, and I was in the living room. And I just came downstairs, and I'm like, why is Gene Simmons, like, KISS? Why is he the KISS ambassador? When people think of KISS, they think of Gene Simmons. Like, why? None of the songs that he sings are good. I can't even think, like, off the top of my head what he sings, because all the KISS songs that I like are Paul Stanley. I was made for loving you. Like, lick it up. Um
2: heavens on fire yeah. but see Ooh. gene has some good ones like i said callin' doctor love um also a domino unholy mm mm-hmm. mhm so and i as i told you at one point in the 60s and 70s mainly 70s they were they each had like one album under their own name mm-hmm. like kiss you know each one sang like a selection of songs
3: well it just it it's i feel like Somehow Gene Simmons and he is all about Kiss stuff. You can you better not do anything with anything close to resembling Kiss or his ass will be on you. He it's Kiss this Kiss coffins. Well, kiss one Snow thing Wars.
2: that Simmons has always done that the other ones never really did was get into acting, get into uh, merchandising, all this other stuff, and you know you know his Shannon Tweed he's been with her for a while they did their show uh,
3: yeah that's like pretty much broke them up
2: right um, but he's always been the guy that's kind of led the force with the financial aspects of the band and even though Paul's kind of like right there with him I, I don't know Gene just kind of took the reins and, and a lot of times Gene was like the main person you thought of when it came to Kiss. That's like, what I mean, he though. He played the demon and, like, had this tongue and everything else. And so people kind of put his face for the band. No words? Oh, I was just like,
3: are you done? I don't
2: know. Are you done? Like, I didn't <laughs> are you
3: done? I'm uh, done. Are you done? It's, but for me, like... I'm really trying to, like, I think They Call Me Dr. Love is the only one that I, like, can think of that Gene Simmons that I really, really like, but for me, every time I start, like, and I'm looking at this list right now of, like, the top ten Paul Stanley Kiss songs and I'm like, yeah, 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 Paul Stanley, yeah, 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 Detroit Rock City, yeah, uh-huh, 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 love, gun, <laughs> But I just wonder, like, when you are any, if you type in kiss, it's like Gene Simmons pops up and everything else is kind of like ancillary and I, like, I honestly don't think Paul Stanley cares more. Than,
2: no, I don't, and I, I don't, I think they all like kind of like say, okay, sure, yeah, go ahead, do your thing.
3: I'm just wondering if, like... Because
2: whenever Gene steps over his tongue, you know, no one else has to take the blame for it. It's just mm-hmm. Gene taking the hate for and
3: it. And I'm just... Because you're older than me. Like, when did it seem like... Because Kiss, you know, they were big. And then they, they took off their makeup in the 80s to, like, you know, have a new look. And then in the 90s, they put the makeup back on and went on a bunch of tours, and people were, like, all losing their shit because they were like, oh, my God, the makeup's back on! And they've had, like, 14 platinum albums, three were multi-platinum. There, there's no doubt that they're a successful band. Um, but when was it, do you think, that, like, when you thought of Kiss, it just, it was, went immediately? Because, like, if you ask people about, um like, people, if you ask, like, I guess someone off the street, because I don't even know all of the members who have been in KISS, but everybody knows Gene Simmons, and then maybe, like, 75% of the people know Paul Stanley, and then after that you're like, okay, Ace Freely, like, you might get 25% who know, but everybody knows that Gene Simmons is in KISS.
2: Yeah, you know, I don't know, um for me personally and I can't remember obviously I remember I was made for Loving You like I didn't probably didn't know it was Kiss I just knew it was a disco song in mm-hmm. the late 70s uh, around that time Kiss also did maybe early 80s Kiss did that movie uh, Kiss Meets the Fan of the Park or some shit what? it was a ba- really bad TV movie <laughs> and uh, but obviously they had their makeup on they all had supposed supposed superpowers and all this other shit that was going on but yeah you know like i do remember um i think maybe heaven's on fire might have been the first one. lick it up Mm -hmm. that you know that was
3: when they took off their makeup in the early 80s
2: but really like when uh asylum came out late 80s mid to late 80s you know they had tears for tears are falling that one kind of like was one that i said okay yeah uh but yeah you know i don't know um whenever I thought of them, obviously I think Gene just had the cooler character when you think in terms and, of Rock and... So
3: you think you think the demon is what did it? Like, people remember the yeah, demon? Yeah, because when
2: you think about it, like, you know, they all had their cool, like, get-ups and their specific, like, I think uh, Paul was Star child. Mm-hmm. uh I can't... Chris was the cat, but I can't remember what they their specific names were. The, but...
3: Star child demon... Uh, spaceman, and yeah. catman.
2: But, you know, here's Simmons, you know, he's got, he's doing that fire thing, he's spitting blood, he's got the tongue. He See, was the one that everyone kind of, like, feared. Like, it was like, okay, we got these guys. We got
3: the normal guys. Even but then we got, we got this
2: ass-crazy dude over here <laughs> with the fucking wings, and, you know, it was like, Gene really played it up, and that was the thing. Like, he stood out, even among the four of them, like, Ace might have stood out as a a talented guitarist and Peter Chris might have stood out as a drummer, but and even Paul with his vocals, but Gene was the guy that just his character was like the most outrageous of the four. So, yeah, I just I don't know, people just kinda latched on to him, you know, in terms of his image and I think over the years, like, especially once Gene started getting more into acting, like they didn't do a great job with the TV movie, but when Gene started doing, like, Runaway with Tom Selleck, even though it's a really bad movie, too, it, it, but that's where it kind of started for him, you know, to get more involved with PR, with the, you know, with the Hollywood. So and, you
3: think that Gene just was better with staying in the public image? Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I, I wonder, too, like... Now, Paul does it, too. Now, we saw, I don't know if you saw it with me, but... There was that fish tank show that was on for a little mm-hmm. while. And they made... Uh, Kiss came to them and wanted them to make uh, a fish tank designed for Kiss.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Which they were opening up at this new gala or some restaurant or something. And it was going to be right there in Thing. And of course, they did a great job with the aquarium. and But it was Gene and Paul who were leading the charge mm-hmm. in terms of the discussion. So the other two guys, no matter who they were... Whether it be Ace, Chris, or any past members of the band, aren't really that involved with the PR of Kiss. It's Gene and Paul, but Gene really does take the reins in terms of the mouthpiece for the band.
3: And it's actually pretty interesting <coughs> with Gene Simmons' story. I um, I know was it? It was his mother was in the Holocaust, mm-hmm. and
2: uh, yeah, I believe he's Jewish. He
3: is. He is. I think uh, Paul Stanley is too. Um, but. I think, you know, Gene's very open about his uh, story, you know, where he comes from and his family's history. And that's also very interesting for people. I just read this little blurb that, um, you know, it was the 70s and it was where a lot of rockers were starting to glamorize and, you know, wear makeup. And they were all, he said, we were all kind of big dudes. We weren't, like, real skinny, like we're we're skinny but like we're not like Robert Plant wearing the tight-ass pants and you know no shirt and we we couldn't get away with wearing like makeup and doing like the glam band thing because it made us look like drag queens like it didn't we weren't like built for that so we wanted to go on a different route like I mean that's how they started with the black and white makeup um they all just were kind of fucking around because they wanted to kind of get in on the makeup thing, but do it a little bit different. And I'm like wondering in my little brain because now there's so much. Like, I mean,
2: they may have taken some cues from guys like David Bowie because David. Well, they're. Ziggy I think they're. The I think they're
3: before Bowie in the early seventies. Yeah, maybe. So you know, Ziggy. They had
2: the same kind of idea with the star and all mm-hmm. so this stuff going on.
3: But I, I think. Uh, when they, they said that when they first started finding their look, they um they really wanted to like they wanted theatrics and that's kinda why they did go for some kind of like they said we can't pull off like the guy makeup glam skinny dude with the pants so tight their their bulges hanging out like
2: here you no know they tried years later. <laughs>
3: so they said we can't get away with that look but we want theatrics, so they went with like stage makeup that you see, like that kind of. That's like kabuki makeup when you, that you see in Japanese kabuki, and that's what, especially um, Paul Stanley, when some of the stuff that he wears and the way he wears his hair with the Starman, and or not. It, it's just it's just crazy. Anyway, I <laughs> I just I always felt it was. Uh,
2: Kind of weird. It was,
3: yeah, it was just kind of interesting to see, like...
2: Because usually it is. Usually, like, the main singer is usually the guy that's the mouthpiece. You think of Van Halen. Rock mm. was always talking. Uh, Whitesnake, Coverdale was always talking. Mm-hmm. So, it, it is kind of surprising that you got the bassist who's doing a lot of the, the, the jawing and the talking and whatever.
3: I'm trying to think. Are there any other bands where you have that? But, and see, but see, Kiss 2 is, like, so massive. So when you have a massive band like that, and again, maybe it actually might work out better for the band if it's not the lead singer. Because the lead singer is the one who, you know, they already have to be working very hard to keep, a lot of times,
2: momentum. a lot of times with singers, and it's just, it's an ego thing. It's, but, I mean, but... Both Paul and Gene have you guys. They're there. You see it. But, yeah, I don't know. Gene just probably took, you know, sometimes some people don't have as much interest in handling those kind of affairs, and Gene does. He's just a kind, he likes to get his hands in everything. Uh, We saw when we watched that show a little bit. We watched that show a lot, too. Uh, He was doing these endeavors all the time, trying to get, you know, he was like...
3: That's what I was saying, Kiss snowboards. K- the Kiss Experience, remember that? And you could—it was like an add-on. I think they were one of the first bands who started doing these kind of experiences. And you know, you'd have members of their fan club, and you know, they'd sell these really, really expensive packages. And I just think it's wild. I Kiss is is like I—they're I like them a lot. They're not like one of my number ones, but they're. It's just fen- phenomenal what they took themselves to. Even after they they were like considered uh like I don't want to say dead, but they were they were not having any more momentum and then in the nineties they went and did that like big tour with all the original um members and well, that, that's the thing. That For a long like, time
2: they were able to adapt from the seventies to the eighties and they did that pretty well. Uh, early nights, they did a little bit, but then obviously the gas started running out, and the type of music they were playing—and that's went...
3: what it was. It was the music style changed. And... I can't
2: remember what record unholy comes from, but that was a much heavier tune. So that was like their way of trying to get into a little bit more aggressive stuff. But again, uh, I think Psycho Circus came around the same time too. But as you said. Once that started to die out, they knew they had to reinvent themselves, and it wasn't changing their look, it was going back to the look mm-hmm. and doing everything that everybody loved about them in the first place. So they kind of stopped worrying about trying to change their musical styles and just went with what they actually do best. And so that's where they're at now, and that's you know, they've been touring that that's what mid 90s they mm-hmm. started doing this, and so now we're in 2020, so they're probably. Close to the end, I'm. But that's like another 20, 15 years or so. They did this twenty years all together.
3: Twenty-five.
2: Yeah, twenty somewhere in there. But mm-hmm. they've been doing this for a while now, where they've been just sporadically going to play shows and doing their makeup and everything.
3: What are, like you? You're part of the Kiss Army. That's what it is. Like when you when you're a, a Kiss mega fan. So I don't know if I'm part of the Kiss Army, but I am part yeah, I've of never the been Kiss. Like a appreci- hard, I am but... part of the Kiss Appreciation Club, yeah. and I enjoy a lot of their songs. But I really was just.
2: Well, Gene's very annoying because he tries to take credit. for Yeah, everything. that's
3: true. He's like, I invented.
2: That's the thing. Guitars. It's always got me. From. I was like, dude, just sit down and shut up. Like, you might have been an influence, but you know, it's not so much about inventing. Like, Cooper was doing it. Uh, A lot of guys were doing different things like that. Some that we may not even know today. We always watch documentaries on music, especially in the past. You learn about bands that you, like, never knew existed, and they were doing crazy stuff like that, too. Well,
3: just like when we watched that that documentary on Anvil, and I had never even heard of them, but they were, like, it's one of those things where you see what happens with these smaller bands, and they just kind of, like... Fizzle away, or they just don't have the momentum. Well, they, they
2: pulled a Gene recently, mm. too. Oh, shut up, really. No, they they came out and said we invented speed metal.
3: Oh, they did, did <laughs> yeah. they? Oh, good for them. But they that, whether or not
2: they really did, that's up for uh, debate. But, but uh, you
3: but you see these bands that, you know, you you get to see them when they're s- like smaller and not as famous, and it, you know, touring is hard, finances like. I, like, when we saw in that documentary with Anvil, they didn't even have the funds to kind of, like, keep touring. And that's just kind of, like, what happened. Even though they were super, super popular in Japan, didn't the lead singer have to borrow money from his sister? Yeah. So that they could yeah, do this... I was this? having an
2: emotional doc. I have it. But, uh... Yeah, you know, they they were... I mean, they were popular back, you know, in the day, and then, you know, as everything else, like you're, they're now in a, a, a like a nostalgia
3: resurgence,
2: right? But like, just, there's we do it every week. There's so much music and bands out there that every given week there's new stuff that I've never heard, and like, I'm like,
3: and you well, how do you
2: compete with that? Like, we're big, good friends of Nomos. They're a good band. But they still have, just in their own genre, they have so many bands they've got to compete with to get noticed. Like, it, it, it's just crazy. Like, there's so many bands out there, so many artists trying to do the same thing. And when you're an older band, like, unless you're like Sabbath or somebody like that that just kind of blew up everything. Like, Anvil was popular, but not on the level of Metallica or anything like that. So,
3: I But I I... I... I get what you're saying and like to to their credit, you're right, maybe KISS did see Anvil or a smaller band and they're like, Oh, we've we've got the momentum. We can take this uh idea and catapult it and I, I'm wondering too, if that happens a lot to smaller bands who just can't get out there and Yeah, you
2: know, the thing about KISS is that They technically, just based on name, could have kept doing everything they were doing. People probably would have bought it. Like, I I haven't even really kept up with them. I don't know what they put out as far as new music is concerned. I don't
3: think anything lately. Yeah,
2: I don't think so either. But, you know, we we talk about it all the time with Metallica. You know, they changed their musical direction but kept the name because they knew it was a selling point. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, integrity is not to do that. You know, you go and you, you, you're you changing something. It's, it's not like you're progressing what you're already doing. You changed it drastically.
3: Mm-hmm. It's very different. It's a very different, like, it's and, more of and a... It's, and it's uh, fine
2: because there are people into modern Metallica with the hard rocker edge and stuff like that. But there's a reason why Metallica didn't give up the name. They, they, if they had, it would have been starting all over again, which they didn't want to do.
3: Okay, I mean, because that happens a lot with, with bands. They'll break up and start new bands, and you're like, I used to be
2: in... And it's much tougher uh-huh. for them, because it's not as easy as you think. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, KISS has been around a while. Uh, Anvil's been around a while, but, you know, Anvil, because of metal scene within the last 15 or 20 years, has gotten a little bit stronger, thanks to people like us.
3: And I think that Doc helped them, too. Well, that,
2: but I'm just saying, the scene, like, in the 90s, things, like, from, you know, you usually had the grunge thing going on, and the rap was picking up again, and so, really, metal and even the glam rock died out, even though those bands were still putting out records.
3: Yeah, glam rock got... Buried. Yeah, it was probably, like, 93, and... Like, you go
2: back now and look at a lot of, even, like, with the, the alternative stuff, like, uh, this past year, I think Smashing Pumpkins put out a new record. No, Pearl Jam did. Pumpkins may have done it too. Uh, but, but they keep putting out records. You just don't know. You don't hear anything mm-hmm. about it because they're just not hip anymore. It's like everything else. That-
3: yeah, because it's not alternative. It's post rock. Everything's post rock now. Post rock. Post rock. And I'm like, you're just a, you're just a rip off of alternative, but you're not as good. So. <laughs> But you you look at some of these alternative bands and their early music kind of started in the late 80s in that college radio uh, era, like R.E.M., um, and that's kind of what really pushed it into the early 90s, and it just... It but just yeah. took over.
2: In the late '90s, metal was kind of like it was out there, but it was just kind of dying. Like it didn't have a real direction. Bands were, you know, black metal. Obviously, with Emperor and Demi, were starting to kick in gear with their stuff. But
3: and then our best friend Ozzy Osbourne invented did the,
2: did the biggest thing Ozfest. Ever. Yeah,
3: and talking we,
2: about a guy reinventing everything.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He, he just said, "I know what? I like a lot of these bands. We're going to put them together and put them on a festival.
3: I think Sharon's the one who actually came <laughs> up with the idea. She's oh, yeah. like...
2: Well, she's she's like Jean. Mm-hmm. She's the one that sees money in the eyes and mm-hmm. is always thinking about endeavors. And she's, I'm sure she was behind the fucking show.
3: Or, meanwhile, Ozzy's snorting a row of ants and... Uh...
2: <laughs> <laughs> Watch this, guys. Yeah. Jesus. All right, well, let's get back into some music here. <laughs> uh, new stuff from Badger from Inverse Records. Uh, got a band who just released some new stuff, uh, Patriarch, and uh, they're from Belgium. Ooh. They sent me an email. So they have a new, uh, I guess right now they have a demo called Watch Us, Feed Us, Control Us. Uh, but they've been around since 90, so I didn't know they were quite around this long, but... Uh, Seemed like a bunch of cool guys um, playing some cool music. We've got some new stuff for them, the title track. And we're going to kick off this block, though, with some new Necromancer. And I really like this album. So this I like is... the word Necromancer. Yeah. Seals of Misfortune. <laughs> we'll be back.
0: And I will not be bullied by that puny God.
2: <laughs> yeah, from the Avengers, Hulk. Showing Loki exactly what it means to be a puny god. What are you looking for?
3: I was just doing some laundry and then you started playing Loki.
2: Yep, it's about that time because Disney Plus just released their trailer for the Loki series. That's going to be coming up soon, which I'm much happy about.
3: You're much happy?
2: Much happy because if there's a character in the Marvel Universe that deserves a special series, it's Loki. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's hilarious. Tom Hiddleston does such a great job with that character.
3: I think he does too. If and I, I I like what Disney Plus is doing. You know, they're giving us more of of what we want without trying to do like a hundred Avengers movies. That
2: well, the thing <laughs> is, like, I've seen people talk about it variously about do you saturation. Like, we we see it with when they did the Netflix stuff like we like Daredevil. We like the Punisher but Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and all these other ones. I don't
3: even remember the damn Punisher series honestly.
2: Well I mean yeah I mean but the point is is like there's only so much of it you can do. Uh, We know Mm -hmm. that WandaVision will be coming out. That looked kind of cool. That looked good. Um, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier that's probably going to be really good. Uh, but you're still kind of dealing with the main characters there. And Loki, of course, is the main character, the main villain of the series. But he's he's one of those anti-heroes. He's the guy that, like, can piss you off because he's always trying to outdo his brother, mm-hmm. Thor, and everything else. And He
3: has an inferiority complex.
2: Right. So, basically, the synopsis of this is, is that it ends at the end of Endgame when the Avengers are going around. Different timelines trying to pick up these keys, or what was it like the stones or something? And they were neat, the, the particular one they were trying to get the tesseract, and they were going back to a specific timeline. And what ended up happening is that timeline got screwed up because it didn't go as planned, and somehow. Loki who was in the process of being arrested got a hold of the test rack and disappeared.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. So now we've got like another split.
2: Right, so now he's ended up what they call and I don't know much about it, it's the T V A. And it has something to do with uh I, I was watching so much reaction though, they knew about it. It's like some sort of altered universe and I'm assuming this is a lot like what you were talking about with the splits. Um <clears throat> but in the trailer, there is a, a quick little scene where what looks to be a Black Widow, when she had after she had sacrificed herself to get the stone to uh, Hawkeye. Is it Hawk or Hawkeye? I can't remember right now. But Hawkeye.
3: Uh, okay.
2: Yeah. So there's a scene with her. So I'm wondering how that's going to play in with Loki. I'm not sure exactly what all Loki's going to be doing in here, but he's certainly still a prisoner uh at the TVA but I'm not sure what exactly they're going to have him doing but uh I just I'm happy for the fact they've going to have something like that out there. I'm really goosed up for that.
3: Goosed
2: up. Goosed up. Oh my god. Uh another news. <laughs> Cobra Kai
3: 3. I know. See I'm I'm very glad that they put Cobra Kai on Netflix. It was an original YouTube.
2: Netflix probably thought that was, like, the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. They probably looked at it and said, we have to get a hold of that.
3: Well, I, I think part of it, you know... You, it's almost
2: like it was a startup. Like, they just, YouTube's like, yeah, you know, you guys want to do this? They're like, yeah, sure, great. YouTube has you know, now,
3: like, I guess pivoted, and they they have their own like, TV package. They have streaming TV.
2: Um, but they, they don't have the financial resources that Netflix does, and I'm sure Netflix... What are you t-
3: talking about? Yes, they do. You, But they're not doing... That was, like, YouTube Red or YouTube Plus or whatever. I don't think they're doing that anymore. They're not going in that direction of where they're doing as many YouTube originals because they're trying to pump up YouTube TV now. And YouTube TV has been their... Um,
2: they're gonna lose...
3: They're going to lose what? A lot of people are switching because cable is just so extremely expensive. I'm about to turn off our cable
2: after, uh... A... Pluto's still great.
3: That's what I mean. Like, Pluto is great.
2: There's, like... That's what I'm saying. YouTube is, and, like, I mean, obviously Netflix is competing, too, but just...
3: We already pay for so many streaming services. I'm, I am about to just call up Verizon and be like, we only want internet. Take back your shitty TV packages. No,
2: I need those.
3: Why? For what? We never watch regular. Well, you could. There are streaming sports things. We but... tried
2: that route. That was the problem. We had to buy a certain package in order to get the sports package. Down. I don't want to argue with you about it because, you know, it's not the place or time. But that's the thing. Like, we tried to go basic package with the sport package. We could not do it. They wanted us. To, they they said we had to be in a specific premium package
3: i know but what i'm trying to tell you is that now a lot of these streaming services offer um the nfl red zone <sighs> and um like the acc network and all kind of come with it yeah
2: well and I'm, ESPN, I'm not leaving anytime soon if anything's gone it'd be amazon prime and then of course disney once that's done
3: once the mandalorian and loki and...
2: but uh yeah, so, I mean...
3: Amazon Prime is about to get cancelled because Amazon is... There's nothing
2: on it I want to watch. I'm
3: not even, like... I, mean, I
2: like the boys, but that's done. I and mean,
3: I wanted it back, remember, when I came back for the market. No, I might have
2: to keep it because of Vikings, but, uh... I don't know. That should be done by, like, February. Well, it's, it's going
3: on the History Channel, right? Or is it just going it, strictly to Prime? No, it's both. So, we have
2: well, our, have our stupid... I'll just... Yeah,
3: just cancel Prime. Record it. You know what? I'm canceling Prime. <laughs> I'm getting real tired of Amazon, like, taking four days when I pay for Amazon Prime every month. It's,
2: I, I, that's not my issue. That's my just, issue. My issue is just they don't really have any content that's worth, you know, keeping or checking out. Of course, one of the little jokes in life is once you cancel something, like, Oh, yeah, we've got all this new stuff coming. I'm like, fuck you, fuck you.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Anyway, Cobra Kai Season 3 will be coming soon. They had a trailer for it. Uh, it just keeps getting better and better. If you didn't catch the season two finale, a lot of crazy shit went down. Miguel, who is Johnny Lawrence's top student, gets hurt in a fight with uh, Lawrence's son, actually. Uh, seriously hurt to the point that he's in a coma. Uh, the rest of the students, uh, from both, uh, what are they called, Daniel's?
3: Mi-ga- Miyagi. Miyagi-do. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, they got in a fight in school, so there's, like, a lot of crazy shit. then you find out that Mr. Creese, the sensei of Johnny Lawrence, has now found a way to finagle the Cobra Kai dojo from underneath Johnny. And,
3: and he, he's won the loyalty of right. all of the uh, Cobra Kai There's just students. so much
2: anger there with the kids that are still remaining, and, you know, Creese still wants it to be a no-mercy thing where Johnny was actually trying to build it up differently with more respect and integrity and of course now he said you know what? it's creased you can have it and he left uh now in season three it's been alluded to that uh daniel and johnny teaming up which i kind of saw coming anyway because i think eventually you learned that johnny's just trying to find redemption with his past and daniel's trying to come to terms with it you know as far as like his animosity towards everything, having to he won, but he was still kind of being a dick himself. But they will have to work together to go against Crease and what's left of the Cobra Kai uh, dojo, but um, this is also going to have some uh, other special guests that have... I think it's actually my...
3: Season 4 they're going into.
2: No, Season 3.
3: No, it's Season 4.
2: No, it's Season 3. It's the... Season 2 finale, this is the... Season 3, they're going.
3: The first two seasons of Cobra Kai premiered on YouTube Premium before moving to Netflix for Season 3. The acquisition proved to be quite popular, breaking into Nielsen's weekly top streaming ratings for the week. In October, Cobra Kai was renewed for Season 4. We watched Season 1... They're
2: they're, they're okay for Season 4 because they're going to go beyond 3. That's the point.
3: We saw Season 1, 2, and 3. No.
2: Anyway. It doesn't matter. Point is... Coming up in this season, because Nekka likes arguing about everything, is... Because you're a
3: know-it-all. You act like my father.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to see the return of Ally Mills, by played by Elizabeth Shue, who was from the original Karate Kid movie. And uh, that should be a lot of fun, because there was like some texting going on between Johnny and her before the end of this past season. And then we're going to see Yuji Akamuto, who played... Um, chosen Toguchi from Karate Kid 2. He was the main uh, antagonist of that uh, fighting Daniel LaRusso. And then of course Daniel's love interest in that movie uh, Tamlin Tamina was uh, playing Kamiko. So we're going to see them as well coming into uh, this new season. So It's going to be a lot of fun. Anything to add? Nope good we've, we've sorted that now all right well let's get back in our music uh we're kicking off this next block brand new stuff from scour it's uh phil and Semmel's side project black metal project they got a new record out this song is called doom we also got a track in there by flood peak from Quabar pr so here we go <laughs> a place to take care of all your automotive needs, and get in touch with Stalford's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stalford's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stalford's is located at A328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Staffers are a professional, friendly, and is highly qualified mechanics to do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you will find in other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick Neko sent you yeah. New stuff from Green Druid. End of Men. DJ Nubus. is not here right now. She's doing something, but getting ready to close it out anyway, so no big deal. Uh, be sure to stay tuned in a two or three weeks for the end of uh, December. Going to be doing our Best of 2020 uh, show, which we probably won't have like an actual hordes of Chaos, So the hordes of Chaos will be. Uh, our best of 2020, which is mainly records that I felt were the best of the year. I'd like to get Necco involved in stuff like that, but she doesn't have the kind of time to sit and listen to records like I do, so she'll be giving her honest input on the stuff that I have uh, sent her and put on her iPod to check out. But um, nevertheless, we'll be doing our breakdown of the best of 2020. should be a lot of fun. And anyway, I got one track left for you. It's from a band called Hellborn, when you are a god. And I will see you all later. Neko says adios, machachos, and have a great weekend. Peace out.
0: I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work.